Job chapter 39, verse 1. Hast thou known the time of the bearing of the wild goats of the rock, the bringing forth of hinds thou dost mark? He says, Do you know when the goats give birth, and do you know when the deer give birth? 2. Thou dost number the months they fulfill, and thou hast known the time of their bringing forth. The Lord isn't just talking about gestation period. We observe and investigate and find out the typical gestation period, but God has it marked by the millisecond, and he knows which animal is going to give birth, which year, and how many they're going to give birth to. He has way more intricate knowledge than you and I have. And you and I, even though we might know a typical gestation period, we don't know the actual day that an animal will give birth. 3. They bow down, their young ones they bring forth safely, their pangs they cast forth. When an animal is giving birth, she has pangs because it's a workout and she crouches down to give birth. And it's only because of the Lord that her babies are born safely. For safe are their young ones. They grow up in the field. They have gone out and have not returned to them. The Lord says that the babies grow up safely in the field and then they leave their parents and never return so that their parents can give birth to new babies in the next year. 5. Who hath set forth the wild ass free? Yea, the bands of the wild ass who opened? God is saying, who lets the wild donkey roam on the earth and shows it where it can go? 6. Whose house I have made the wilderness and his dwellings the barren land? The donkey doesn't have a den to sleep in or a hole in the ground. He just sleeps out in the open. 7. He doth laugh at the multitude of the city, the cries of an exactor he heareth not. The wild donkey laughs at city dwellers because he has no master that tells him what to do. He doesn't have to carry a burden for anyone. 8. The range of the mountains is his pasture, and after every green thing he seeketh. The wild donkey is allowed by the Lord to eat anything that's green. And that isn't true of you and I. You and I can't eat everything that's green, but the donkeys are allowed to eat all of it. And unlike cows who need a flat place and sheep who need a flat place to really thrive, the donkey can thrive in the mountains. 9. Is a ream willing to serve thee? Doth he lodge by thy crib? A ream is a wild ox, and the Lord is saying, Will a wild ox serve you, or will he lay down by the manger where you put his food? 10. Dost thou bind a ream in a furrow with his thick band? Doth he harrow valleys after thee? He's saying, Can you cause a wild ox to furrow in the field for you and help you turn over the soil? 11. Dost thou trust in him because great is his power, and dost thou leave unto him thy labor? Would you give a wild ox a job to do and put your faith in him? He might gore you, is what God is implying. Now, in some translations, it calls this animal a unicorn. So it kind of makes me think it could be talking about a wild, very large boar. Possibly the Siberian unicorn, which was a hairy rhinoceros type of animal. And a wild ox, you could think of it as a unicorn because it looks like both of their horns are connected as one. So in that sense, that could be what it means by unicorn. 
this does seem to be a wild animal because a tame ox or a domesticated ox you would use to furrow your field. 12. Dost thou trust in him that he doth bring back thy seed, and to thy threshing floor doth gather it? When they gather all the sheaves, and they put them into an ox cart, and the ox carries them back to the barn, can they trust a wild ox to do that? And the answer is no. If we can't even control wild animals, how can we possibly explain how the universe operates? 13. The wing of the rattling ones exulteth whether the pinion of the ostrich or hawk. The Lord says that both the ostrich and the hawk praise the Lord when they flap their wings. 14. For she leaveth on the earth her eggs, and on the dust she doth warm them. 15. And she forgetteth that a foot may press it, and a beast of the field tread it down. 16. Her young ones it hath hardened without her. In vain is her labor without fear. The ostrich doesn't have the same sense that a hawk would have. She doesn't put them up in a high nest or in a cleft where they can't be messed with. She leaves her nest on the ground where anybody can step on the eggs or steal the eggs. She doesn't have the common sense that God gave a grasshopper. He didn't give the ostrich any brains. But God didn't make them to be smart. He appointed them to be pretty dumb. And it's all for his own purpose. It's not bad to not be a genius. It's just by God's appointment. So he says that she gives labor in vain because she doesn't have the sense to take care of her babies or her eggs after they're born, and her eggs could easily get stolen or damaged after she gives birth to them. 17. For God hath caused her to forget wisdom, and he hath not given a portion to her in understanding. 18. At the time on high she lifteth herself up, she laugheth at the horse and at his rider. And he allows the ostrich to laugh at a horse and rider because she isn't under that same oppression. She doesn't have to carry anybody. 19. Dost thou give to the horse might? Dost thou clothe his neck with a mane? The Lord himself has given the horse a fearsome countenance and put hair on his mane to beautify the horse. 20. Dost thou cause him to rush as a locust? The majesty of his snorting is terrible. Yeah, when a horse snorts, it does make you jump, because you think you might be in trouble and that horse might bite you. Or when he snorts, it could be right before battle. When a horse snorts, he's ready for action, and that could be very dangerous if you're the one on the ground. And the Bible says that he can run like locust, and that's very true, because locusts go very fast. 21. They dig in a valley, and he rejoiceth in power. He goeth forth to meet the armor. Sometimes dogs or cats or horses scratch the dirt and lift it up and make it fly, and that's to show dominance and to show power and a lack of fear. It's to show that they're in charge. So the horse stomps and scratches at the dust, and then he runs forth in battle. 22. He laugheth at fear and is not affrighted, and he turneth not back from the face of the sword. There's been many of a warrior who fought in battle on a horse, and he wouldn't have been able to fight at all if it weren't for the courage of the horse under him. God gave horses courage, and he gave ostriches courage as well. 23. Against him rattle doth quiver, the flame of a spear and a halberd. 
A horse can be fearless even when flaming spears are flying right by their face. They'll still stay in the battle and they won't run away. That's pretty amazing. 24. With trembling and rage he swalloweth the ground and remaineth not steadfast because of the sound of a trumpet. When he hears that trumpet blow, he charges forth in the battle. He doesn't stay where he's standing. He races to the battle. The horse himself is full of rage. Isn't that beautiful that God actually gave rage to a horse to keep the horse in the battle and make it fearless? 25. Among the trumpets he saith, Aha! And from afar he doth smell battle, roaring of princes and shouting. A horse can smell the battle, the sweat and the blood and the fear. He can smell all of it. And he says, Aha! This is where I belong. 26. By thine understanding flieth the hawk, spreadeth he his wings to the south. Do you tell the hawk where to go? Do you tell the hawk that he is to go south? 27. At thy command, goeth an eagle up high, or lifteth he up his nest? God is the one who commands the eagles to go up into the sky and to build their nest and raise their nest. It's all under his command. 28. A rock he doth inhabit, yea, he lodgeth in the tooth of a rock and fortress. The tooth of a rock, that's kind of neat. It's just this little spike of a rock, and yet the eagle can make his nest there, and he can make a fortress up on a pinnacle. You and I can't do that, and the only reason an eagle can do it is because God gives them that grace to be able to do that. 29. From thence he hath sought food, to a far off place his eyes look attentively, and the Lord says, I have given him eagle eyesight so that he can see for miles. Unlike you, he can see a mouse a mile away, and he knows where it is. 30. And his brood gulfeth up blood, and where the pierced are, there is he. That means that the eagle feeds blood, dead flesh, to his babies, and he appears where people have been pierced in battle and died, and he gets meat from dead bodies after they've been slaughtered in battle. And that concludes Job chapter 39. The Lord will keep speaking in the next chapter.